0: slept in. Hey, we're not judging. Sometimes you just need to get a little more sleep.
1: And if you do need to snooze, we'd much rather you did that in a premeditated manner in your own home than in our pews during our sermons. You can always catch up with the sermon later right here on the Sunday Morning Sleep In podcast. You'll
0: still miss out on some things we think are pretty important, like the intergenerational community and the connections that can be made, that are made there, inspiring music and children at children's time and cake or cookies at cookie
1: time. We had lots of cake this week. So did we. We had lots of cake. Yep. But we'll give you what we can. I'm Chris Marshall. And I'm Susan Foster. And we are United Methodist Pastors in Reno, Nevada. We're not theological experts or perfect preachers. We're your average pastors helping our congregations think through life's big questions every week. We started this podcast so that if you're away from home or working or out camping, um, or
0: maybe just sleeping in, you can keep up with some of the ideas floating around the church.
1: Every episode is a conversational version of a sermon one of us gave on Sunday. So, whatever day it is when you're listening to this, we just ask that you would receive it with an open heart and an open mind. A quick note. We're serious about that open mind thing. We don't... We're going to say some things, and
0: and we're hoping that you will question and disagree and figure out what you think in response. Our sincere hope, though, is that you will experience the mysterious loving force in the world that we know as God moving in your life as you consider
1: this so Susan, I preached from Romans this week. Uh huh. Uh because I was feeling a little frenetic around getting into identity stuff around Jesus. Oh yeah. I just, yeah. like I preached that a couple of years ago and I didn't want to get into yeah. it again. And yeah. so and sometimes y'all we pick sermons because it's we're tired. Because well, it's not even that we're tired, it's because sometimes some theological issues are not helpful. Right or we
0: have spoken on it maybe in a different way than the recently yeah recently there is some there's some choice making and we also we also know our congregations and mm-hmm. we do, we intentionally choose things sometimes so that we can speak to not individual issues in a church that's just creepy right uh, but that we see over we see issues sometimes that just need to be
1: tossed right. out there
0: for people to be considering
1: yeah. and because i didn't preach on Matthew 15 last week
0: Started, like you're gonna it jump felt like taking it story. out of context
1: for, the, for this week. And so if you want to hear about that, listen to Susan's sermons on it. They're great. But So I, I stuck with Romans because we right. did talk about Romans 12, the first part of Romans 12 last week. Right. And so I thought, well, we'll just finish, finish that up this week. Right. We talked about Romans chapter 12, verses 9 through 21. And this is the second half of the chapter where Paul is talking about what does it mean to live a Christian life? He talks about presenting yourself to God as a holy and living sacrifice. Yeah, uh, is the language we're used to to hearing around that, or take your everyday eating, drinking, walking around, going to work, life, and give it to God God. as a gift. Right, and so, so this is sort of getting into the nitty gritty of what that looks like.
0: Right, he's not just saying, "Um, "Here, do this." It's so easy. He's yeah, saying, He's no, saying, no, this is going to, this is, this I'm saying this and it sounds simple, but it's really complex.
1: And it's going to be hard. And so, so this is from the message and I'm going to read it from the message just because you've probably heard it in other versions, um, but I'll post the link so that you can look it up in whatever version you like best. All right. So Paul says, and the, the original version says, let love be genuine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But in the message it says, love from the center of who you are, don't fake it. Run for dear life from evil. Hold on to dear life, for dear life to good. Be good friends who love deeply. Practice playing second fiddle. Don't burn out. Keep yourselves fueled and aflame. Be alert servants of the master, cheerfully expectant. Don't quit in hard times. Pray all the harder. Help needy Christians. Be inventive in hospitality. Bless your enemies. No cursing under your breath. Laugh with your happy friends when they're happy and share tears when they're down. Get along with each other. Don't be stuck up. Make friends with nobodies. Don't be the great somebody. Don't hit back. Discover beauty in everyone. If you've got it in you, get along with everybody. Don't insist on getting even. That's not for you to do. I'll do the judging, says God. I'll take care of it. Our scriptures tell us that if you see your enemy hungry, go buy that person lunch. Or if he's thirsty, get him a drink. Your generosity will surprise him with goodness. Don't let evil get the best of you. Get the best of evil by doing good. Hmm. So that's the scripture. Yeah. And the first thing I said was no pressure. (laughs) That
0: sounds really, it's really simple, right? Like all that is just really easy to do.
1: Yeah, it's. I mean, it was like
0: the shorter sermon in in history, right?
1: Paul is setting really high expectations here. Um, don't hit back. You know, obviously, physical violence is one thing, but even when somebody just comes at you with something snarky, right. to not return snark, right? Or if you're like me, to not spend the next three days thinking of the perfect comeback that you should have said, <laughs> said. yeah. Um, or to, or to
0: respond to passive aggressiveness with more passive aggressiveness,
1: right? Like just let that go. And yeah. so, um, so Paul is setting a really. High standards is a really tall order to be like Christ to one another. Mm-hmm. You know, there's only one person who's ever done that well, and right. even Jesus needed a little correction, right, from time to time. Mm-hmm. And so Paul says, don't just pretend to do this, do this. Right. And now I think fake it till you make it is a really good policy because the more you fake it till you make it, the more natural it will feel to you and after a while. A it
0: will become, right? Yeah,
1: it will feel more authentic.
0: I think maybe the, the reality is you're not faking it. Don't fake it. To, to make
1: yourself feel better, better or to. Yes.
0: Yeah. Don't fake it just to fake it. Yeah. Fake it. Fake it with the idea that you are trying to get better. Yeah. That's a difference.
1: So we talked to the kids uh, during children's moment about practice, about what, are, you know, mm-hmm. are you automatically good at everything you try to do? And if not, then what do you need to do? And they said, practice. And I said, okay, well, what are the things you have to practice? And they said, well, really hard homework mm-hmm. and sports. Mm-hmm. And music, singing, you have to practice singing because you don't always get it right the first time. Right. And I said, well, you know, all those are really hard things to do. And they're all things we can do well because we can do hard things. Yeah. And one of the hard things that we're called to do is to love everyone. Yeah. And it requires practice. It requires a lot of practice. And so uh, Paul is sort of talking about, you know, this, this way of being in the world requires intellectual reflection and practical action. And both of those are areas where we need to practice.
0: Yeah. So you just said prac- go home and practice. Go home right? and
1: practice. Yeah, no. Um, it, it's hard to do that unless you have some st- – if you're like me, you need some structure, right? And so I gave the congregation a tool okay. that we've used before um, mm-hmm. called a rule of life.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And if the word rule gets your goat, then – you know, don't use that word. Think of it as a, <laughs> think of it as like a rhythm of life. Yeah. Um, it, but it's an intentional pattern of spiritual disciplines that provides structure and direction for growth in holiness. In other words, we can't have you growing spiritually all over the place willy-nilly. You well, the some. reality
0: is, is that we don't do that really well as humans. No. We're we not really a, good at willy-nilly
1: growth. We need a little discipline, right? You get and a little so, distracted and then we don't. Even the we're, even yeah. though we're disciple, right? has discipline in it. And so we just, we need a little discipline. And so, so the goal of creating a rule of life or a rhythm of life is to help you love God and Mm -hmm. love your neighbor and love yourself as best as you possibly can.
0: Sounds like a great tool.
1: It is a great tool. And I said, you know, and to not underestimate the loving yourself part of it. Oh, yeah. Because... So often we do.
0: Mm-hmm, uh, and, mm-hmm.
1: you know, if you want to learn more about shooting, go to the last episode that we yeah, recorded with Susan. No shooting, But this comic came out this week that I just absolutely adore. It's from heckifinocomics.com. And uh-huh. it's a little witch. And she comes running into the laboratory to her friend. And she says, yo, look, I finished my love potion. And her friend says, who are you going to make love you? and the witch gets so excited and she says myself and she just <laughs> chugs the love potion. <laughs> and I love that like we we need a little help sometimes. Yeah. to to love ourselves, um to love others and to love God. So so let me tell you what it's not. A rule of life is not legalistic. Yeah. I know it's got true. the word rule in there. Right.
0: But rule as as a like a ruler, like something to measure
1: Something to measure rather than something to enforce. Yeah. Um, it's not legalistic. And and if you write a rule of life to try to prove to God that you're doing the work or to prove to other people that you're doing the work, you have missed the point of a God who loves you even when you don't do the work. Yeah. So the rule of life is it's for you. It's not for anybody else. Yeah. It's for you. So it's not legalistic. And the other thing it needs to be is realistic. Mm. It is not idealistic. It is realistic yeah
0: so don't say you're gonna read you know 15 chapters of the bible every day and pray six hours a day and you know like like really ridiculous
1: yeah because you know what it feels like when you set a goal that you can't reach Mm -hmm. that's not reasonable you get frustrated and you quit right so this is not like and it's not lent it's not like when we're asking people to make some kind of a sacrifice Sacrifice. this This is is supposed to be the pattern of your life this is the everyday pattern of your life this is the minimum standard of how you want to connect to God, yourself, and others. So, so be realistic. Be kind to yourself. Mm-hmm. One of my folks recently said, I'm gonna get up at five in the morning every day and read my Bible for an hour. And she did it for a little while and then she was exhausted. And I said, <laughs> Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> <You> <laughs> Fine, know?
0: Maybe there's a better time in your in your rhythms mm-hmm. to do that. Like this right. is the other thing about right, that this is that a rule of life is not, doesn't have to be like
1: anybody else's. Yes, exactly, and it—that's the third thing—is it has to be your way. Yeah, this is this is one of the few times when it is about you. Like, um, you get to choose what works for you. And in my church, we've talked about sort of the four different spiritual types, and there's a podcast episode about that, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've talked about how not everybody relates to God in the same way, so it has to be your way. And maybe you pick some things that are in your wheelhouse that are that are part of your strengths already. But to recognize that not everybody's going to do it the same way. I told a story about when I was in Santa Rosa, we had this young adult group, and Mm -hmm. some of them were pretty contemplative. Mm -hmm. And so Thursday mornings at 4.30 in the morning, they'd all pile into my Jetta with my dog in their lap, and we would drive to Bodega Bay, Mm -hmm. which was 45 minutes away. We'd go to Goat Rock Beach, because on the other side of Goat Rock Beach was Hidden Cove, and dogs were allowed there. Not that anybody was looking at 4.30 in the morning to see if there were dogs on the beach, but... We don't want to scare the seals. So so we would hike down this cliff to the beach, and we would spend about an hour there. And the sun on the west coast comes up behind you, right? Mm -hmm. And so what would happen is if you were sitting on the beach, there's this huge cliff behind you, and the sun would hit the farthest part of the ocean first. Mm -hmm. And then as the sun rose, the light would come towards you across the water.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And so we would go out there for, you know, we'd leave Santa Rosa at 4.30 or 5 o'clock in the morning. we get to the beach about 515 545 and then the sun would come up while we were there and then after the sun had come up then we would leave and we would go back and we would be back in time to take a shower and go to work
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh there was this one guy in the young adult group who he knew that we did this mm-hmm. and, and he said i just don't know if i can sit still for an hour i said you don't have to that's not your thing Right? If that's not your thing, then don't try and force yourself to do it. Right. Um, some people, that's their thing. Um, there was one young woman who liked nothing more than to go do yoga and breathe and stare at the water for an hour in silence. But um, but one of our guys would run, mm-hmm. which is a different kind of torture. Um, right. But He would run on the sand for an hour, and I would just walk and listen to music, like whatever kind of positive, mm-hmm. mellow music right. I had going on at the time. Um, and Squirrel would come, and she would run around and
0: dig and have
1: fun and be crazy be my dog and um but everybody got to do that in a different way now 4 30 in the morning might not be your cup of tea either right in which case don't force yourself to do that but but you have to find out what works for you
0: and there are a lot of spiritual disciplines that sound really nice to me that i realize are not mine yes right i think that's one of the things we need to say out loud is that that not all things are all things and um some of my most frustrating conversations have been with folks who are so in love with A X, Y, or Z, yeah. right? And they're trying to convince you that it is the best way. They're they're usually not saying it's the only way, but if you got down to it, they they really do think that. Yeah. And and it's so frustrating sometimes to just to hear people go, "But you should do it my way." Yeah. Back to last week's. Survey. I remember. Yeah. But, totally. Actually, in the ordination process, I had some problems with this.
1: Yes, because they were like, "Well, you should do it this way," and I'm like, "Oh my god, that kills me." Me too. That was we had. I had one guy on my team tell me, "You should do a four day silent retreat," and I thought, you know, I'm not. I um, don't need a lot of people around me all the time, but that's not my right. thing. And especially,
0: like, you know, both of us are single and mm-hmm. both of us live by ourselves.
1: We get a lot had, of silent time. We get
0: plenty of silent time. It's the. It's the time where we're intentionally with people mm-hmm. that sometimes is what we are seeking and needing.
1: So, yeah, exactly.
0: And the other thing is, that you can try something, and if it doesn't work, be gracious. Yeah, yourself.
1: be gracious to yourself. So, um, so it has to be your way. I was thinking of the the Kaiser Permanente commercial about the young woman who's trying to find how she knows she needs she knows she needs to exercise. Uh But she's not sure how she's going to do that. So she tries running and she just ends up like dry heaving. And she tries to do like the pole dancing aerobics class (laughs) and she keeps falling off the pole. And so she tries all these different things. And finally, you see her at the end of the commercial and she's just walking through the park with her headphones on. Yeah. And uh, and that's her thing. And so the Kaiser Permanente says, find your thing. Find your thing. And that's what this is it's find your thing. Find the thing that will help you within the rhythm of your life, not add on a bunch of other stuff to an already busy life, but find your thing and let it be your way and the the other thing that it needs to be is succinct yeah it needs to be it needs to be less than a page less than 3 quarters of a page because you are more likely to actually look at it mm-hmm. if it's bullet points than if it's an essay right right so
0: and this is something you refer to it isn't something you just
1: do and let go right yeah so it's it's going to be something that's realistic It's something that is gracious, it's something that is your way, and it's not going to be super long. It's going to be a way to build into your life um, some spiritual disciplines. And where it starts with, if you want to have some direction to it, is where it starts with is Mm self-assessment. So what are the things that you are struggling with? Where, Where are the places in your life where you feel the most frustration or where you don't feel connected to God or other people? So if, if you're not sure about that, you might journal for a week or two and just write down, like, here are the places where I felt really close to God. Here are the places where I didn't. You know, you might notice after a week or two, like, oh, I lose my patience a lot with with the children.
0: Mm-hmm. Or
1: I, uh, I am often anxious about money. Or I this or I that. Like, you might notice some things about uh, about your life that you haven't been paying attention to. It also helps if you have somebody that you trust that you can talk to. Now, what I don't recommend you do is walk up and say, what do you think is wrong with me?
0: Yeah, yeah, no. Because
1: that's not loving. No. Um, But when you figure out what your thing might be to say, you know, trusted friend, I think I really need to work on patience. Mm -hmm. And what do you think about that? And your friend might say, that is the last thing you need to work on.
0: on. (laughs) Because I really see that you need to work on being more assertive.
1: Yeah, right. So so if you have a friend you can reflect with, that might be helpful, too. So you start with self-assessment. Some people choose to to look at some of the lists of things we have in Scripture, like the seven deadly sins, and then they look at the opposite of that. So if you think sloth is your thing, then the opposite of sloth is not productivity. <laughs> it is fruitfulness, mm-hmm. which is different, um, or envy, right? And you might work on gratitude, right. like whatever those things are for you. Some people might look at the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5 or... Or this list of Paul's, right? Like right. Paul says, I need to not hit back. I'm going to work on keeping my thoughts to myself sometimes, right? So whatever your thing is, you start with a self-assessment. And then the second part is you describe how, what, and how often you're going to engage in spiritual practices focused around whatever that thing is. Right. You might pick something that's in your comfort zone. You might pick something that's different. Uh, you might think about, you know, if my eulogy was written. What do I want it to say? Mm -hmm. And then build those kinds of things into your life. Mm -hmm. You might look at the balance between, you know, are these things that exercise my thoughts and my actions and my affections? Or am I sort of heavier in one of those areas than another's? And again, it's not something extra. It's something that's built within your life. So, for example, the example, another example I gave was if you know that you need to go to Carson from Reno every week for Mm -hmm. an appointment and it's a 30 minute drive down and a 30 minute drive back. And one of the things that you need to work on is there's this person in your life that you love and they drive you crazy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Maybe what you do is for the 30 minutes down on the way to the appointment, you decide to do things that are (laughs) self-soothing. You listen to inspiring music. You listen to podcasts that are awesome and spiritually grounded or interesting and educational, whatever. But you choose to do things that are going to nurture your spirit. Mm -hmm. And then for the 30 minutes on the way back, having been nurtured and at a Get a good place. You call that person, mm. and you have a thirty-minute conversation with them where you listen. Yeah. Um. So it might be some things that are internal and some things that are external, but built into the the spaces you already have in your life, and we all have those spaces. Yeah. So you're gonna just so you describe it. What is it gonna look like? And then it has to be connected to the so what. Right. Right. So I'm gonna do this so that I become more generous in my attention. Right. Or I become uh, more grateful. And less comparing myself to others or whatever, whatever your thing is. And then the third part is accountability.
0: Mm. Uh,
1: in the United Methodist Church, we started off in the Methodist movement. It, it was required that you were part of a small group for membership because accountability is so hugely important. Accountability doesn't mean you have a bunch of mothers trying to ask you if you've made the bed and washed the dishes yet. Right. Accountability is about people who are willing to check in with you and say, how's that working for you? Yeah. You know, not in a weird condescending Dr. Phil kind of way.
0: But but in a, like, sincerely care for you and hope that you are indeed growing and... And
1: and grounded. And
0: blooming and, yeah.
1: Yeah. And so um, what I recommend is, you know, choose a friend that you trust. I would recommend you don't choose your spouse. They have enough things to worry about with you. <laughs> <laughs> but a good friend or a small group that you're a part of, that you're willing to to let them check in on you every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to do that assessment. What, what is I, what do I actually need to grow in? And then how am I going to grow? And then the follow-up plan, where have I seen growth Mm -hmm. and who can help me, who can help me hold accountable to that? So it's just those three parts. And then the idea is that you will become more acclimated to, um, the rhythm of your life in God. Yeah. And Uh, And more acclimated to what's called the loving gaze, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So there was this thing a while ago. It it turned into an app, but it was an article in a newspaper, actually, Uh about the 20 things that you can do to fall in love with anyone. Oh, uh uh-huh. Do you remember this? And like people would take it on dates and like... Try it, it out. Yeah, it was like a bunch of questions that you would ask back and forth. And and they were, you know, some of them pretty superficial questions and others of them pretty
0: deep. I think the Big Bang Theory did an episode on this. Did they really? I think they did. I think they did. Yeah.
1: And so like, some of the questions is like, what are your parents like? And that question is very revealing, right? Yeah, it is. Or what is something that you like about yourself? And that question is very revealing, right? Uh, and so there were all these questions, and then you would end by just staring into each other's eyes for four minutes. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. people would set a timer, and for four minutes you would just stare into each other's eyes. And I had a couple friends try this and they said the first minute was kind of giggly, like kind of squirmy and weird. Mm-hmm. And the second minute you started to feel a little bit more awkward. Mm-hmm. And then the third minute you would all it was almost like a feeling of shame. Like I don't deserve to have somebody look at mm-hmm. me like this. Mm-hmm. And then by about the fourth minute, you sort of settle in and it feels more comfortable and it feels really loving yeah. and wonderful. And, you know, it takes us a little while to get used to that. We have to practice it. Yeah. And it might feel a little squirmy and a little giggly and a little uncomfortable at first. Mm-hmm. Uh, we might be a little embarrassed. But if we if we understand that God is looking at us with that loving gaze all the time. Yeah. And if we just took four minutes or a little bit more out of our day to accept it and to let it become part of who we are, that it might change the way we look at ourselves and it might change the way we look at the people around us. And it definitely will change the way we look at God, who we tend to always put our expectations on anyway. Yeah. And so if this is something that's interesting to you, go to the website. I'll post a link to the C.S. Lewis Institute, and they have a description of this that they use yeah. for curriculum. It's actually an assignment that they do in one of their classes. And it's, it's a good place to start.
0: Yeah. And to remember that, that this is a trial and error thing, mm-hmm. right? Like, like, you don't write a rule of life, and then, like, that's what you do for the next 50 years.
1: Yeah, you update it. I think it. that's
0: the other thing about it, is it sounds so permanent. Mm-hmm. But this is a living document that you live with mm-hmm. and live through. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, so that um you can actually grow,
1: and you should update it what like every six months at least, probably yeah yeah, yeah.
0: and that this isn't like some newfangled thing. Yeah, obviously, C.S. Lewis is you know slightly older than us, a little bit, a little, a little bit, bit older, but um this is the, the rule of life is something that has evolved over the centuries out of the religious life, mm-hmm. uh for people who who don't you know who are are constantly working on on that relationship even though they've. You know, right, they're cloistered or in yeah. in you
1: know, and don't have the luxury of living in a nunnery. Right, right. And, yeah. Right.
0: So, um, so it's done all over the place, and it's and it's been a powerful tool.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's a way of practicing because, yeah. like I said, this description of Paul of what we're supposed to what we're supposed to be like it's, it's a tall order.
0: It's a tall order, and
1: you, we don't have to be perfect. Right, but we can practice. We can practice. So I hope this tool is helpful.
0: Thanks for listening to the Sunday Morning Sleep In podcast. If you have questions for us or stories that relate to the topics we've been discussing, shoot us an email at sundaymorningsleepin at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook at Sunday Morning Sleep In or at sundaymorningsleepin.com. The scripture for this podcast is Romans 12, to 21. And the music you're hearing is Take Me Higher by Jazzer.
1: It's traditional at the end of a worship service for the priest to deliver a blessing to the congregation so you get all better all at once. Oh yeah, that works. It, it doesn't work. We don't have any magic words. If we had magic words, we'd give them to you. But we have our tools that will help us practice. We have our scripture, we have our songs, we have our community. We have all of these different ways of trying to acclimate to the loving gaze of God and to become more loving in our own lives. Whatever you think about what we've been talking about today, I hope that you know that you are loved and you are blessed and you are called. And so you get to decide this week how you will love, how you will listen, how you will serve, and how you will seek justice. You know, they did a study and they found out that listening to people is so much like loving them that you cannot tell the difference. Huh? Being listened to is is almost exactly the same thing as being loved. Oh, wow. So maybe you slept in, but now it's time to wake up and get moving, get your practice on.